Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. We give a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Riding on the Wall podcast. I go by the name of Chris Frizzell. We have Blue Shendo in the building, and today we have a special guest, Cora Padilla. How are you doing, Cora? I'm doing good. Awesome. So, first off, to all of our listeners out there, we know it's been it's been about a year since we've had one of these, and we'd like to apologize. Um, there's a couple of main reasons why. Uh, the main reason for for those of that's been on our show. Um, you all know that we were recording in a studio and Sierra Mall Riadoso, a good lady by the name of Laura Lorena, was letting us use her for facilities. And unfortunately, she passed away unexpectedly. Mm. It was back in January, I believe. So we just want to um, remember Laura. She was an awesome person and she did a lot. If it, if it wasn't for her, this podcast went wouldn't have been possible for about a how long were we there for about a year or two yeah we've been there for at least a year um and, and it, it saddens me a little bit to yeah. move on into a new place but you know uh, she was an amazing woman so yes in loving memory of laura lorena and um but we're getting back on it now we're, we're finding a new place and we want to come back but that was the main reason why we kind of we had to take a break for a whole year we really didn't have a place to record but we're gonna get back to it, and we're coming off strong. So, with us, without further ado, a special guest, uh, Thora Padilla. How you doing, Thora? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good here. Awesome. It's good to have you. Um, you're uh, running for tr- president, Mescalero Apache Tribe, and you made it through the first round. How do you feel? Overwhelmed with questions. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting all kinds of questions and and all kinds of. Yeah, a lot of grilling, but I I think, you know, I've been trying to think about this with this particular podcast, you know, and not just be all over the place like I was with the different questions, you know. I I really want, you know, I, I know we have all sorts of needs. We have housing needs. We have homelessness, you know, a lot of homelessness issues. Uh, substance abuse, all all kinds of things that really need attention. But I I think what I'm trying to do now in my own head is kind of distill this down into just some a few things that maybe I'd like to focus on tonight with everybody. And I'm looking at back in 2005 or so, our program, I, I run the Natural Resources Program, the Tribe's Division of Resource Management Protection. Yeah. And back in about 2005, we were working on an integrated resource management plan. And so we were going through facilitation. You know, they look at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And, and we go through that whole process. One of the things, you know, it's really cool to see that because you don't realize what you're saying and how the facilitator facilitator puts things together. But it kind of came out back then that some of what our problems are in making things happen is how we're set up, our governance structures. 
the way we communicate or don't communicate, you know, with tribal council, between the departments, with the tribal public, you know, all of these things. We're all talking, but in little silos, kind of like, and we're not really crossing those boundaries. And, and it came out that that's kind of what's limited, like, tribal departments feeling support for tribal members to feel included in any of the process. And, and I really think that just, it, it boils down to two really simple things. It's communication and transparency. And I, I think that's the kind of thing I would like to focus on up front. You know, everybody asks, well, what are you going to do your first day? And I actually sat there and I was like, hmm, I don't know. You know, you get behind the desk. And I think it's about that, you know, and it's more about sitting down with everybody, talking to people, listening to what they have to say, not just telling them what you think they need to hear, but listening, you know, just just kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm just so you guys know, you're not, you can't see me, but I, I will be 65 this year in December. And, and, but I, I think, uh, you know, for some people that's, oh my God, that's old, you know. So I kind of come from the hippie era and I came from a time period where, you know, things were about, you know, expressing yourself and, and you know, creativity and, and kind of looking at the world in a different way. And that's never quite gone away, you know. It's still a part of who I am and I, I, I want to see things in a different way. You know, I want to leave a legacy at this time in my life. You know, I want to leave something better behind and... and that's kind of what I'm after right now is just to try to, to, to create that spark where we become a team again. You know, we have been, the tribe has been a team before. They have done amazing things in the past. And, you know, I go far enough back to have worked under the Wendell Chino administration. I started working there in 94, so I got to work the last four years. He was president and he passed away in office. But... You know, I, I really treasure those times and I kind of want to continue what he started. And, you know, I'm not trying to in any way say I can, you know, fulfill those shoes and, you know, but I would like to bring my piece of it back, you know, my piece into that vision from that past, you know, and, and push that forward. That's awesome. So would you say the main question or concern that you got from tribal members was transparency? That was the that was the main thing? Yeah, I don't think people were calling it that. But you know how things sometimes aren't out in the open, you know, I see people a lot of times, you know, they 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 don't hear things from leadership. They, they you know, and, and they're and unless you're in tribal council chambers and in those offices and around people that are talking about things and stuff, you really don't know exactly what's going on. And I, I think sometimes people d jump to conclusions and some of the, yeah. the negative social media stuff that's gone on. I mean, what prompted you guys to even get started? I mean, that's kind of... I think that comes out of not knowing what's going on, you know, yeah. being transparent. You, you, you show people what's going on. Sometimes the budgets aren't the greatest, you know, there's different things that are happening, you know, not explaining why some of our businesses have problems and, you know, 
Yes, it's hard to face those things, and trying to find solutions is not easy, but, you know, that's why we, you know, we have all these people, you know, different departments we can work with, you know, putting it out there to public and, and asking for ideas, you know, not just trying to pull it out of our own heads, but, you know, together, we, we have a lot of people that have some really good ideas. I've been surprised over the years and different sessions I've been in trying to get public input. And it's amazing the things people come up with and people that you least expect, you know. And, and I think we don't take advantage of that. We've got some, you know, wonderful tribal members and, and experiences and traditional people and, you know, all across the board here in Mescalero. And, you know, we need to take advantage of that and, you know, look back to our people for some of these answers. I see. So as far as like transparency, let's say uh, a council meeting, keeping people more informed, what would you say would be the solution to keep being more transparent with the people? I think some of that at some level, I, I don't think our current tribal council chambers will allow it the way it is. It's, it's a small space, but, you know, at some level, you know, to have open meetings, whatever that may be, you know, having um, notices of the kind of things that were brought before council. You know, I, I know there's limitations. You can't talk about personnel issues and all that. But, you know, the type of projects that have come before council, how people vote on those projects, you know. Yeah. It, it would be nice for the tribal members to, to know what's going before them each month. Yeah. It, it's it's almost hard to, um, like, say, like, we're, we're going to try these ideas out and stuff because i think um from what i see like every time we do these interviews people go in and and i think it they get um overwhelmed with how much work and how fast it is and it's like right when they feel like they got a, a grip it's like time to vote again yeah and, yeah and um so i almost feel like maybe it would be like a whole nother job for someone to try to help help you with those ideas like you're saying the chambers are small uh, maybe someone can go in and help with take notes and then push out the info or something. But I think I heard um, another another issue um, was that a lot of the meetings that, that are being held are private and a lot of information can't be given to the public. And then um, for a while, it seemed like that's all you heard was, oh, well, we can't talk about these things. We can't talk about these things. And um, in our eyes, like we're just, you know, for, at the small level, um, just just the public we kind of feel like we're just being shunned a little bit, you know, Yeah. just because yeah. people are like too busy, you know, is there like any, um, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, I think, you know, they could kind of segregate the meetings a bit, but then at the same time, personnel matters really don't need to be going before council. I mean, if they get to that level where you, you know, you have where people want to request appeals and additional hearings, you know, but I mean, the basic running of departments is the president's responsibility. You know, now there there should be a structure in place where you have your administrator and you have the accounting, the CFOs, and so forth. I mean, that kind of approval needs to be at that level, not going before tribal council. I mean, yes, these things are important, but. The things that council needs to be doing, like what you're talking about, sharing what, what's going on, that's really important, you know, and it shouldn't be pushed aside. I mean, that's why you get all these crazy ramblings on social media, you know. I mean, I'm not saying they're all crazy, crazy, but I mean, you know, things 
that aren't even what they are are being proposed, you know? And I mean, some there, there's just basic things. We're broke sometimes, you know? Say so, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, trying to do a dividend when there's not any money, that's, you know, explaining those things to the public. and Yeah, yeah. So you would say uh, separate meetings, one meeting for personal and then an open meeting? That that's Yeah, I mean, for now, but at, at some point, I think we need to, to break away from, you know, Tribal Council is the legislative branch, you know, mm -hmm. they pass policies and, you know, if if we need to create a process for people to to get approvals, then that needs to be in, in the, the employee handbook, you know, they can modify that. But I don't think they should be listening to personnel matters, you know, yeah. of who did what to who or, you know, those kind of things. I mean, that's taking it to a level that's that's bogging down the government you know mm -hmm. that that's just not necessary we need to move forward and and but yes for now i mean if we need to do that you know have separate meetings on those type of things group them together or whatever and you know then that could be a closed meeting but you know when they're going over considering economic development projects or coming up with new policies you know that that should be public information it should be out in the open I mean, I don't understand what the harm is because, you know, council is serving the tribal membership. Yeah. The um, we it, it just feels so secretive, I think. And um, we always hear people like saying, um, well, they they promise transparency. It never happens. But and, and I do. I don't want to like point fingers and stuff, but I'm just sure uh, I'd like to hear um, maybe your story like later on down the line. Like, oh, OK, I figured it out. Here's why. Like. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, this is this is where this is where we're running into a roadblock in the whole transparency thing, and at least um, like a little bit of like explanation of why we're still struggling in that area. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah, the, the, I just get that feeling. It's just a very secret meeting. It's always so secret. You can't listen. You can't be near. What are you doing? Like you know. Um, but another issue that um, a lot of people have been talking about recently. Um, do you have any like? Um, experience with or know anyone who's like struggled with uh, the education like getting their tribal scholarships and going to school and things like that I've yeah through the years I mean this isn't anything anybody's talked to me about recently but through the years I have seen that you know the the scholarships themselves you know I, I think we have a pretty good scholarship level now but at times it hasn't really met up with what the costs are i mean it's it's expensive going to college and you know it, tuition is high and books and just living you know you're not at home and we don't have the benefits of you know just living rent free or anything i mean you you have to pay rent you live in cities and and the the prices are really high and i mean it's to the point where you even have credit checks you have to go through to even get an apartment and if you don't have credit, how do you do that? You know, you're a student starting out, but yeah, it is hard. And, and, and I've heard, and, and, and I mean, you know, conjecture like everything else, you know, it's certain people that get scholarships, others don't. There's also concerns about if you're trying to go for higher levels of education, like maybe a master's or PhD kind of thing that they don't want to there are they feel like I, I guess it's limited on how far you go or how many different 
types of certificates you can get. You know, I, I think it is getting to that level. I mean, I think it would be important if we had a few people that had PhDs and can do those sorts of things, you know, and, and you know, I, I think things have to be productive and useful, you know, I mean, there has to be some sort of accountability that people are actually finishing, but if they are, why are we stopping them, you know? I don't I don't understand that kind of stuff. Right. I was, I was kind of curious on, um, on that because it just seemed like all of a sudden I have a lot of peers saying uh, you know they're struggling with the scholarship and they're hoping that um that the next person that comes in can focus on education and maybe not even just um education at that level um maybe we can start looking at um promoting or highlighting what the high schools are doing yeah because I, I know and vocational um, programs too yeah i'm a yeah. huge fan of yeah. like that high school level going into um the next level because i know that the mescalero schools their their programs are growing Mm -hmm. And but all of a sudden, I, I just kind of stopped hearing about them. Yeah. And, and so but they kind of come and go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I know we got excellent programs coming. We got bright kids coming up. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I just I just was curious on, on your thoughts about like education, where you stand on it and, you know, just how you feel. Just I did go to high school in San Antonio, Texas. It was a really large high school. My graduating class was about 700 and some students. It, it was easy to get lost in that school. But one of the things they offered, they offered some really good, I mean, they, they had a good counseling program for students like to help them navigate after high school, you know, or, or programs, classes you need to take to, to be able to go to college. There was also vocational programs. We had cosmetology um, I think there was some welding and, and, you know, just different kinds of programs like that. And, and it was, you could graduate high school with some kind of certification. And, and I think we need to do more of that. You know, it really does work. I mean, cause some people may not want to go to college or, you know, some of these other vocations, some of them take a bit more. Or it's just maybe you can't afford them. You know, we, we do have young people that have children and, and they have responsibilities and so forth. So I think we need to try to help them as much as possible so they can be getting good jobs, you know, and, and things that can help them take care of their families and, and, and progress in their lives. You know, we, we do need more opportunities that way. That STEM program that Mescalero is doing. Oh, God, great. yeah, so it is. Yeah. Just a little plug on that. If you guys got kids, send them Mescalero and uh, let's just try to get get some uh, STEM involvement. Uh, but yeah, um, that level. And then also um, I see, I think, um, a lot of issues on that second chance scholarship, basically, like when you're trying to come back to school, you know, mm, say, say yeah. you're 18, you don't know what you want to do, which is very common. I, I went through it. You go to school for a couple of years, you flunk out. Now you're 28. <laughs> and now you're mature you have kids you grew up you're done with the party life you want to go back to school and and i i think we have a hard um we have a hard time pushing like that second chance level back in there so and i uh, think a lot of i've, I've had friends and then you know it took me seven years to graduate <laughs> i had other things going on i mean i changed majors when i was a senior but i've had friends i've talked with and and and, and even my own family you know within our family we've had this but you know, yeah, because you're you're out 
free and, you know, have all kinds of friends and young people to associate with that, you know, for whatever reason, you, you, you crash and burn that first time. But almost all of my friends that I know, you know, we've kind of gone through that kind of thing and you do finish, you know, and they should give you that second chance because that's when you know what you want to do. I mean, when I graduated from high school, I had no idea in the world and even several years down the line and after I graduated, who would have known I became a forester, you know? <laughs> It took me that long, you know, so it's not that easy to even figure out what you want to do. Well, um, I'm, in, I'm enjoying your, your perspective on, on education and, and things like that. Um, kind of rolling into a little bit um, heavier subject. How, how do you, um, I don't know how to even really ask this question, but what, what are your thoughts on our housing situation and how you want to approach that? Is it is it something that's intimidating to you? Or are you just like ready to give it a good old the good old try you know yeah definitely so i think yeah we have a housing problem across the board everybody i mean we don't have enough houses we have you know three generations living in houses we have i've seen people rent out you know space in their their living room so homeless people can you know, not exactly rent, but so people can, you know, come have a place to crash out and be warm. I've, I've seen some of these kind of things in, in different places on the res. And I think we need to coordinate our programs better to do these things. You know, I, I see part of it. Yeah, we've got a lot of turnover that's gone over in the, the housing program. And, and that's a whole other issue. And I'm not going to go down that road right now. But like... Housing, working with the land office and, and, you know, making sure we get our clearances. On the other side, we have our program. We do environmental assessments and so forth. You have the historic preservation program. They have to do a historic preservation clearance. There's all kinds of, it's not obstacles, but it's things that need to get done, you know. And I, I think part of the thing is, is that working together, you know, the communication up front when we when the tribe gets these programs approved i think we really need to bring everybody together okay we've got this housing project funded you know it's not just one program that needs to get it together you know utility department need to work out getting the road access all of that kind of stuff you know let's bring everybody together and i what i see is we get brought in when we're behind schedule when the thing's not moving forward and why didn't you bring us all together in the beginning? You know, I've got my own projects going on, so I'm not really tuned in to exactly what the housing projects are. You know, it'd be nice if somebody told me a little sooner so I could get busy on the environmental assessments. You know, some of those things take time. You know, it's just coming together. You bring everybody together. You know, the more the merrier. <laughs> we need to all be working together, you know, and... and that's how things get done. You know, one of the things I've seen with the, the, we've had disasters in the past, you know, FEMA kind of things where we've had flooding, you know, we've had wildfires and all that. We've had the pandemic and, you know, we all do really come together well during those times. Well, we need to use that mentality all the time, you know, and I don't say mean like we should be in emergency status all the time, but we need to start working together like that, you know all the time, every day, you know, all these projects, and that's how things come together. You bring everybody to the table that needs to be involved and, and 
you know, let's get going. I don't see any other way. It's not, you know, it shouldn't be a last minute thing. You know, we need to put more forethought into these things so things go right. And nice. We're missing a few pieces too. I mean, inspectors to make sure things go right that when, you know, while construction's going on, did this thing get built the proper way? There, we have had warranty issues with some of these projects that have gotten built. You, um, you you haven't been in a, in a political position before, right? No. Um, but, you, but you seem to have a lot of experience, um, and it kind of seems like it's coming over from uh, your your experience with running the DRMP. Yeah, and when I got hired in 94, I was hired as a tribal grant writer. So I, it kind of started there. I didn't have my own program yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was one person by myself, and I did. I, I, I don't know that people really cared that I was there at first, but I invited myself to meetings and got involved in things. I got real good with the front desk ladies there and they were like, oh, these guys are having a meeting. You might want to go check it out, you know? And so I did and, and, you know, that's how it starts. I guess it's a little bit of a busybody maybe, but, you know, I, I like being involved in things like that and having written quite a few grants for the tribe. I've also inherited grants that other people have written. I uh, was asked to oversee the development of the economic development plan. I've also overseen, I, I, I did one of the, the, the first planning grant for the detention center. That was quite a few. That, that took several years to come to fruition, not you know, that wasn't a real quick thing, but I've also just all kinds of grants. I can't even think about them right now, but I, I things that I wouldn't have expected to have done, you know, that, um, that structure that you have, you have going for you at the DRMP, it, it seems to, um, to benefit you. Well, you, you've gained a lot of experience and a lot of big moving parts. And I, I do think that's going to be a strength for you. Um, you've run such a big department um, for the reservation, and that department has a huge impact on on everybody. It brings in money and gives jobs, and and I think that's going to be solid for you. Um, a huge weapon in, in your in your arsenal when you when you go <laughs> in. You just you know how to move these big pieces and work under pressure. Um, by the way, I, I think <laughs> I've seen you kind of play like a motherly role to how many people in the oh, they hate that too <laughs> yeah. and um I, one thing that I, so i worked in your department for almost two years um you know just roughly and that's one thing i think every guy i saw that i worked with had a lot of respect for you and i think you're a very um you were humble but you were stern and I think you were you were fair, you know. You okay, always, well, that's good. You always gave like okay. a, a chance, but you always made sure, like you know, we kind of uh, we knew we learned our lesson, and you know, so just just from my experience of seeing you work that piece up there at the top, and now watching you kind of trying to transition into this position, I think it's a, I think it's a great transition. I think watching how you operated and dealt with some of the adversity there, and seeing how everything works on that side, um, I think. It's just going to suit you well. Um, I don't. I don't know if anyone really knows, unless they've worked for you and seen you firsthand. I don't think anyone's really going to know exactly um, what what I'm talking about. Um, but, and I guess that's why I'm doing these things because that's what I've been told that people don't really know who I am. So, yeah. and and that's what my staff has told me. So thank you for that. They they have said, well, they don't know you. You know, people say this or say that, but they don't really know you. So 
I'm trying to help you guys know me. Your uh, your demeanor, you're just so um, to yourself, and it's very respectable. You know, you're um, you don't go around like trying to get in everyone's business at all. You do, I think, um, from what I saw, you did what you did, and then you you were there when you needed to be, and then you went, you, you know, did your own thing. You weren't always like in the front, always, but you were you were leading usually from where you needed to, and. Um, those are good attributes, you know, um, going into the military and, and seeing different leadership styles like um, that's definitely one that I recognize. You know, you're not always taking all the glory. You're not always there for every single um, celebration, but um, your office, your office door was always open, um, which was which was nice. Um, so the glory for me is seeing what they do as uh, taking what I've written or taking what's, you know, whatever, and they make it happen. And that's what's wonderful. Well, uh, one more thing along, um, you know, trying to reap some of that glory in. Um, I've met a few people along the years that work on the outside of the reservation. And uh, I've met a lot of like other like national forest workers and people mm -hmm. who try to like run those programs. And, um, you know, they always say, you know, Thora and the DP and the DRMP, Thora and, you know, that program that she has run there. And um, I've always heard people speak highly of you, that people that don't even know you. Um, they've always said uh, Mescalero is the only place in this area who actually um, runs the forest, the forest service right. And, you know, with our tree thinning business that we have going on, um, I've, been, I've heard that three, three different times from three different people. Um, people have told me, if you step off the res and you go any direction, our forests just aren't maintained that well. And we don't know how, how they're doing it on that side. But, you know, like I've always gotten a lot of praise. So just to toot your horn a little bit. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> and, you know, those are those. One was the last time I heard that compliment was um, two years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, Some recent to, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, good job there. Um, it seems like you're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so you know, speaking a little bit on housing, a little bit on education. Um, do you have any other yeah. like big concerns? So yeah, we talked about transparency first, mm -hmm. and then uh, education. You said a uh, housing uh, a little bit. Is there another question or concern that you kept getting from tribal members uh, that you kept hearing? And what would be your solution to it? I did get a lot of questions. Substance abuse, addiction, drug, you know, alcoholism and so forth. And I, I think it's another place where we can really work together. We have a lot of different kind of solitary programs. And, you know, we have the detention center mm -hmm. coming online here soon. It's one of the few construction projects that have popped right up. It's really cool to see that. We can do it, you know. But uh, as I had mentioned, I had written the planning grant for that one way back when. And it's, you know, gone through a lot of things just to get funded. But the intent was the way the request for proposals was written is that you're not supposed to just throw everybody in jail. You know, we... We, we need to sort out people that might need rehab or, or, you know, even just some counseling, you know, if the problems aren't that bad or, you know, we, we need to work together with the different programs we have on the res. They need to be combining forces, so to speak. You know, the intent was to have kind of like one-stop shopping. <laughs> and I know that sounds funny for a detention center, but, you know, to not throw everybody in jail, you know, to, to kind of help people that need a little more than that. Sometimes, you know, jail can contribute to the problem. But 
I, I would like to see that kind of thing go on with the departments where they would work together. You know, there's additional things. I, I you know, I've heard James Peralto talk when, you know, he was running too. And, and a lot of these ideas I've gotten to him from him because I've had, had to go talk to him, you know, when, when my own family was having problems. And, you know, he talked a lot about families needing to be counseled and and addressing that family issue because you know people go to jail or they go to rehab and they come back and the family situation often is the same you know maybe things have changed maybe they haven't you know halfway houses you know how we conduct rehab you know i mean i think we need to get a little more serious about how we do that you know you 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 need to commit for a certain time and often when you're doing it with other rehab facilities, it means, you know, going through a legal action, you know, and, and people are in for whatever, you know, six months, they have to stay there until that time is over with, you know, you are committing to a structured way of life during that time. And, and you know, these are the things we, we need to make them a little more, a little more oomph to everything, you know, I mean, a little more meaning to it and, and making it happen, making that right connection there, you know, and, and yeah, there, there's a lot of different ways we need to approach it, even from the law enforcement side as well. But, I see. Do you have yeah. any interest in um, like working like with our court system or our judicial system at all? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've actually done that. <laughs> DRMP is one of the many things, you know, where I have worked with Tularosa actually quite a bit. They, I, I don't know, some of my staff, when we've had problems, you know, they will, I've had where we do work release with the, with the whatever facility they're in where they can come and work for the day and then they go back. I've also, we've also done that with the rehab program there in Mescalero too, where they would allow people to go to work. And that's something I would like to do. We really haven't, I think maybe about three years ago was the last time we got asked, mm -hmm. but I, I'm willing to do those sorts of things. I don't mind at all. I mean, I guess the only thing it is for, you know, the one thing I did learn when we had a youth program for a short time is that I, you know, we can't mix the two types of peoples, but you know, other than that, I, I'm, I have no fear of those kind of things. I think maybe that's some of the discouragement with other departments is being afraid of our tribal members that are working their way through the court system. But, you know, I, I think the kind of work we do lends itself well to that, being outside and the physical activity, you know, strenuous, wear yourself out, you know, that'll calm people down. But You said you've uh, worked at DRMP since 1994? Yeah. Do you still work there? Yeah. So if, if elected, if you're president, you would have to leave that job, correct? Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? I'm to a point in my life now where I think it's time for me to move on. You know, I, I am, I mean, personally, at that personal level, I, I feel I've been getting there for a few years. I've been warning people that I, I, I don't necessarily want to retire, but I would like to do something different. You know, I've worked, that's almost 30 years. And, and before that, I, I worked a while at BIA Forestry. So that's a lot of years of working. I'd like to do something a little different. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I don't see 
my need for my need for power is writing grants. <laughs> I don't see that going away. That's a very I, I, I really enjoy doing that. So I, I don't see that going away. I, I think my staff is a little leery and and you know, worried, rightly so. It, it's we run thirty to thirty-five grants to to keep this program going and, and I don't envy anybody that's gonna take that over, but I, I you know, we've talked about it internally and then probably a couple of people, you know, separating out the grant writing from the actual running the programs and so forth, you know. There there's ways of doing it, you know, and, and I think you just have to have faith. I that you know, I if I were to to be able to become president I would not desert them in any way. I mean, Has it's it... too long. I spent too long building that program to just let it fall. Nice. Has, has it always been on your mind to be in tribal government? No. When did when did it come <laughs> to you? When did you get the idea to want to do it? I think when we kept having planning sessions and one of the top things that kept coming up was that the governance structure was not allowing things to go forward, you know? It just kept hitting that same wall every single time. And it's like, for real? <laughs> I like, okay, I guess it's a real problem. It's not just one planning session. It's, you know, that first one I mentioned doing the integrated resource management plan, 2005, that's where that started. And every single time, every other planning session I participated in where we went through that kind of process, that was the same thing that kept coming up. You know, we need that up, down, crossways kind of communication, not just stay in our little silos. You know, we need to be interacting. We, we can do a whole lot more. And I've seen what this tribe can do. That was in 2005, you said, when you started? Yeah. But I mean, having served under the Wendell Chino administration, that's where I mean, I've seen what this tribe can do. Correct. You know, we need to work together. And uh, so you, you put in for president. Um, is there a reason why straight to president and not to council? I did run for council quite a few years oh, ago. Oh, okay. Way back. Uh, uh, I had some differences with the government at that time. And, uh -huh. you know, when I ran and I crashed and burned. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I'm more careful. Oh, there's a there's a, a word that I learned in the military and it reminds me of that. It's called tact. And I had to, uh, they drilled me on memorizing the uh, the definition and it means a keen sense of knowing what to do or say in order to avoid offense. And um, someone told me, he said, that's going to be your most important word, and, you know, as, as a leader here. And uh, as I moved through the ranks and I started seeing the politics and I saw how, you know, tact in having a, a great sense of tact uh, was beneficial. And, you know, you see one guy who's hard charging, he just got his stripes and he goes and stirs the pot and he gets shot down. And then you see another guy whose intentions might not even have been as good, but he had great tact and he gets what he wants, you know, and uh, that's that's something that I learned like <laughs> early on in there. But um, I always compare, you know, that structure system because we, we have a structure system here and you, you mentioned structure in the beginning. And um, I think in in our government, I think our structure is a little off. I think um, a lot of the lines are always going to be a little bit um, gray too, just because of the fact that a lot of people are related. And so the way we've always done things, um, maybe it's just we don't have like anyone to 
be there to draw the lines of what's supposed to end where and um, I liked, you know, you've always run structure at the DRMP and I seen it as like a military <laughs> where you had squads and a squad yeah, boss yeah, and their crew yeah. boss. And that's like, and when I got in the military, I was looking at the structure, the rank system. I was like, I was just in this kind of <laughs> rank structure, which is pretty cool. So I went from one squad literally to another. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate like your, you know, your division of authority in, in those, those aspects. You know where that comes from? I was an army brat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where, uh, so you mean like you grew up living like in military bases? Or, yeah, um, all over. My dad was in the army. Um, well, he met my mom up in Albuquerque. He had just gotten out of the Air Force. And so I think he was doing armored car service, you know, sitting in the back with all the money and going inside and picking it up, that kind of stuff. And he met her. And so he went back and he joined the army. And he went through uh, military police, canine corps, and then he was in military intelligence, which they say is not a real thing, but <laughs> so. Do, do you have siblings? Yeah, yeah. I have two younger sisters and I have a half brother from my dad and a half brother from my mom. And so we've got, well, an, you know, a blended family like many people are nowadays, but. Mm. Yeah, I did have that real strong background and, and a very strict disciplinarian. Yeah, so I, I try not to inflict that on other people, but I guess it just comes out naturally, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, what, what's your support system? Like, what kind of family, um, like, is your family, like, just ready to take, you know, whatever comes? Are some of them kind of, like, hesitant? How, how does everyone feel at home? Like, do you have like a solid, like everyone's pushing you to do this or? I feel strong support. I really do. It surprises me, you know, at times it's something we've talked about off and on over the years and maybe more from the standpoint of tribal council, like you mentioned. And, and I did, you know, run at one time, but I, I think, you know, I kind of was gun shy for a little while. And, and then I guess in the last few years is where I've kind of started thinking about it again and. My son told me the time's right. You, you know. You want to give a shout out to your support system? Yes. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, East, Aspen, <laughs> Mary, <laughs> Tina, everybody. <laughs> Oshi, I can't forget you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, you know, we, we try to stay kind of light on some of these subjects. And sometimes, you know, without um, intending on doing it, it, it kind of gets a little sticky sometimes. We start talking about these things. You start talking about housing and in, in education, all the stuff we mentioned before, but, um, you know, let, let's looking at a little bit more positive light. Um, do you see anything good going on right now that you'd like to keep going? Do you, do you, or do you kind of, um, do you see anything you're in favor of right now that, that you're excited to become a part of maybe? I think the whole emergency response team, you know, where we're just coming out of COVID and we had a good working team going on and, and that was part of, you know, we need to keep that going. You know, we that was a few departments. You know, we need to do it with all the departments. And, you know, I mean, looking at all the various youth programs, I mean, they can cross over like that, you know, and, and try to make sure we're, we're filling that whole void of, you know, whatever the needs are for our different youth groups that we have. You know, I, I, I really... That was a good thing that came out of that. I mean, I know that had to be a heck of a time to be a leader 
and, and go through all of that. But, you know, I did see departments come together and that was really nice. It, um, something I've been looking at too lately, I've seen roads and utilities doing a lot of good oh, things. Oh, God, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know like if they're under like a new funding or it's just the team. It's probably maybe both, but um, big shout out to those guys. And they've been actually doing um, a pretty solid job of like showing us like yeah, what they're doing, yeah. like posting mm-hmm. the pictures. And, you know, every time, you know, I'm in, I'm in IT with, with the resort. And um, every time I go down to go talk to um, the roads, they're always busy. They're yeah, hard to catch. Yeah. And they got good attitudes in that department. And they got um, through all of this, the, the kind of the fallout from the pandemic is there's all kinds of infrastructure funding. So you got that bipartisan infrastructure law and there's a couple of other things. So they're really hitting it and taking advantage of it. It's real good. I've um, been watching uh, Damien uh, Morgan and Chris yeah. Little work mm-hmm. their, their ends mm-hmm. and uh, very impressive. They're mm-hmm. very motivated. Joe very, Morgan too. Yeah. Joe Morgan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I've been um, recently uh, working with Joe, and that, that those guys are doing a great job. I just want to give a shout out to them, and they've got big yeah, ideas coming definitely. too. Yeah, um, they got yeah. bigger ideas actually coming. So um, that's a huge positive, and, and I'm excited to see you work with that department. And um, I, you know, I, I always feel a little um, a little bit of a soft spot for the people that have to work in the housing departments because I feel like mm. those guys get uh, scrutinized the most and, you know, but, um, you know, I'm sure and you, you coming in and you're going to be able to look and see what's going on on the inside and maybe explain a little bit to us. Like, here's what, you know, here's some things we're working on and yeah, stuff, yeah. but um, that department's usually, um, I always see them working hard too and, um, you know, as, as much as people want to talk. They have a lot. They go through a lot of people every day. Every day, I, I, if I go down and help those guys, there's people calling. There's people at the front, and I couldn't imagine working for that department. So yeah, mm. yeah. And there's a whole other structure that goes on with the way Indian housing is funded. So yeah, that that's something that definitely we need a director. We need a good director in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just excited to see a lot of like good turns yeah, in, in the community. Yeah. Um, there's been like, um, I took a call the other day. Deandra Balachi was running oh, the yeah. Boys and Girls Club. Uh-huh. You know, great for her. She's uh-huh. young and stepping into big shoes. And uh, but yeah, I just uh, want to talk about like some positive things I see around and um, stuff like that. Uh, um, let's say we have we have our vote coming up in three weeks now right yeah just november just 7th november yeah, 7th yeah. Mm-hmm. um do you have like are you are you nervous about what's going to happen do you feel comfortable about what's going to happen do you really want to win you know how, how do you feel right now i'm nervous more about this kind of stuff you really? know <laughs> <laughs> all the questions and yeah yeah working with my own staff is one thing i i i think I really, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in those kind of situations. It's reaching out to the public is the scary part more so than meeting politicians. <laughs> and right. Yeah, yeah. To, to hoping that we can find some common ground, you know, and, and work together. And that's the part I, I really, you know, I want to strongly believe that that can happen. You know, I, I just... I don't want to think of a way of, of where that's not going to happen. That's, that's you know, I, I think we need to build on positive things. And, and you know, that that's where we need to go. I mean, it, the, some of the negativity, like what you've talked about with the social media and stuff, it's like, it's enough, you know. We, we 
I can't live like that myself, you know, that's why I tend to ignore this stuff. But, you know, now it's like right there and okay, we need, we can't ignore this, you know, it's not just about the trees here. So we do need to move forward. And and I really want to believe when people tell me they want change, that that's real, you know, I, you know, we need to, we need to leave a better life for our, our, you know, the seven generations thing. It's kind of a cliche, but mm-hmm. we need to leave a better life for our, our kids, our grandkids, their grandkids. Definitely. You definitely have a lot of supporters and people who voted for you. For the people who are still on the fence and um, they don't know who to vote for, I mean, to be, to be simple, like as a tribal member, why should someone vote for you? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. I am solidly behind change. You know, I, I, in my mind, I can see the things that need to be done and they're fairly simple things. You know, I mean, talking to people, reaching out and, and hearing what they have to say, you know, we need to, you know, that's, that's kind of the traditional way of doing things from way back in the past, you know, I mean, they talk about chiefs. Yes, we've had great chiefs, but they didn't do these things by themselves. They sat down and they talked to the people, you know, and everybody had their input, even the women, you know. And and I I think we need to go back to that time. You know, we've kind of lost track of who we are and where we've come from. You know, I, I there's a lot of good things, yes, but we need to... This, this whole social media harassment that goes on, that needs to stop, you know, that's not productive, that's making us look bad, you know, it, it creates a lot of animosity between our tribal members and, you know, it doesn't need to get to that level and, and that's what I would hope to bring, you know, not by myself, but, you know, at least opening that door and starting the conversation. I see. Awesome. You're, you're more you know, hopes of just bringing everybody together as a community. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've um we've seen a, we've seen a lot going on, and, and our our job here is it's not to point fingers, and, and it's not to you know, say who's no. to blame and all this stuff, you know. But you know, it's there. Um, you know, there there are a lot of things going on. People talk as soon as they get home, and um, you know, gossip circles and stuff like that. But um, just trying to trying to see someone that's more in for that positive change is great, you know. And and you have um, you kind of have like a comforting demeanor. Like I feel like um, you're easy to talk to. You're you're approachable, and you know I don't see anyone being afraid to come to you for anything. But I, I can't imagine what it's like running, and you have to actually answer all the questions and stuff <laughs> that roll in. You know, we've talked to a lot of the other candidates, and, and the other candidates all say the same thing. You know, as soon as your booth goes up you have all these people coming in um asking like well what are you going to do for this what are you going to do for us and um how are you going to handle this do you what do you what do you know about the language and what do what do you what about this and you know it's kind of like you're just you're on the um i don't, I don't know what you're on, you're on the block you know they're, yeah, they're out yeah, there to really yeah. stump you but um you know I, I have a lot of respect for you from you know what i've seen in the past and and i think that you're very um you're very calm in your approach and, and i i i respect that um if you uh if you had one if you could change one thing right now with the snap of your fingers what would be the first thing that you would like to change in our community (laughs) 
come together. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just kind of um, get everybody back on the same page and, yeah. and stop the fighting and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's I a, would like to go sit in the arbor at feast and not be looked at funny sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some... You're running in a in a unique time. You know, we came out, we're past uh, our, our COVID... Um, like we're talking about, we, we went we went through that in our response teams, and then um, you know, we were dealing with social media, and and now um, I don't even know if we I don't know what our system is like now. We don't have a president right now, do we? Yeah, Are, we do. He, is yeah. he still in? No, the, he's he's not in, and Gina is president. Gina's now. president. Yeah. Okay, uh -huh. yeah. So um, it's like everyone's like eager to watch like what's gonna happen now. Because it's it's between you and and Gabe Aguilar, mm -hmm. and um, he's got a strong following. Yes, and he he's does. he's um, one of his strengths too. I would say is like he's real good with like um, working his crowd. He knows his people. He knows how to communicate on social media. He's he's got that down. Like, uh, and that's that's what's gonna make things I think a little bit different. You're more a little bit more traditional, and I don't really see you like on Facebook, right? No. no <laughs> But I think by, if you were to get elected, I think I can see you kind of getting used to looking at Facebook and you might. Um, I look at it and stuff, but I I don't know. I, I At first, you know, I had a bunch of friends and then I like, and then you hear people ranting and raving on there. And I was like, I don't want to come home in the evening and hear this. <laughs> yeah. Click unfriend. And <laughs> I'm kind of ruthless that way. But yeah, I, I guess that's more of what it is. And I guess if things could be a mo little more positive, I would participate in those kind of things more. And, and so if I do, I, I'm not, I'm able to do things, <laughs> <laughs> technically speaking somewhat. But yeah, it's just... Uh, I guess if it were more positive, I, I just don't like some of the things that go on on Facebook and yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I really do appreciate like your approach to all of it. I mean, um, no one can see you now, but you're you're in a Carhartt vest and a sweater, and you, you kind of have like, like demeanor. DRMP. Like, DRMP <laughs> on you. Um, I'm just very interested in in like what you're gonna bring to the table. I really am, and um, I'm hoping you know you once you you make it in and, and everything's well that um your strengths really really just shine and help you conquer what, what you're trying to accomplish in there and i can't imagine it's easy i can't imagine your first week in there is going to be easy maybe even your first month um it kind of seems like one of those jobs it, it takes a while to get used to um but it seems like you got all the experience you need um to to have a good edge you know and um i i think your your personality and your strengths are gonna just suit you well in there. So we've, we've, okay. ta we've talked about transparency, mm -hmm. education, uh, housing. What else is there? Is there something else that a tribal member kept bringing up a concern that kind of you, you want the your listeners, the people that can vote for you? What's your message to them or your solution? Almost everybody just mostly wanted to be heard. Yeah. And even when I've worked with staff, that's, I want to be heard. <laughs> okay, we'll listen. So I, I get the feeling that, I, you know, it's kind of like being put off a little bit. Like people feel like they've been put off a little. And, I, you know, I'm willing to listen. I, I, you know, 
yeah, I do get worked up about things in the right situation, but there's a time to sit and listen and kind of just absorb it. And that's what I've been doing lately. And, and, you know, I'm willing to hear things. And some of the things are like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe these are going on. Do they really go on? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested now. I want to look into things more. And it's, you know, it's already hooked me a little bit. So hopefully I can keep going in this direction. <laughs> Like you're you're hooked in like your interest is peaked right now into this um this political campaign like you mean your your hooks are getting deeper? Yeah, I think not my hooks into people, but I think the people got their hooks into me now, yeah. and so I'm willing to go there. I am. Do you know, have a slogan for your campaign? <laughs> that kind of sounds like little, people just want to be heard, and I'm willing to listen. Yeah, Maybe that, yeah. That I think the, so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good one. Um. Speaking on like, you know, let's kind of move away from like some of the serious questions and stuff. Um, where did you mostly spend like your childhood when you were you know, growing up? Mm, all over the place. We uh, have lived in San Francisco and Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, we lived in Germany for like three years. My next sister down. Naomi Bobby, she <laughs> she was born in Germany and had to become an American citizen when she came over. And uh, we lived in El Paso for a while. That was weird. I uh, you know they require Spanish there, so <laughs> sort of like our language program too. So I learned a little bit of Spanish. But I've kind of been all over the place. Moved a lot. We moved almost every year of my life. I remember in seventh grade we moved three times that year. Whatever my dad had going on, I don't know, but. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a lonely kind of life, and, and I knew my heritage because of my mother. You know, she always made sure, you know, Ruby Marie Pena Walsh, uh, she always made sure that I knew where I came from, and we would come back. You know, we'd go to Santa Ana Pueblo. She was half Santa Ana, and, and then we'd come to Mescalero and check it out, and she piqued that interest in me to come back. I did. I wanted to come to Mescalero. Part of it was, yes, very selfish. I wanted to get enrolled so I could go to college. But part of it, I wanted to know this part of me, you know. And I, you come back and we, we, these beautiful mountains and the whole, you could see there's a wildness and the kind of freedom there. And that's what really captured my attention, you know. Growing up very disciplined and military and traveling and stuff, it was it was nice to see that in Mescalero. And I want to, that's something I want to preserve. You know, we shouldn't become too civilized. <laughs> when did you move um, to Mescalero, like, permanently? 1976. I graduated from high school when I was 17 years old. And I came up here and I lived for a couple of years. It took me a while to get enrolled. I went to school in Las Cruces. Uh, I'm an Aggie. What I, was your degree in? I started out in fine arts. I was five hours away from getting my bachelor's in fine arts and sculpture, and I decided to change my major. I guess I should have got that degree first, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was very brash when I made that decision. <laughs> but I had been taking, um, my electives were like botany and wildlife science and forestry. I know that was kind of weird for a art major, but I wanted to learn about those things because I was in Mescalero, and, you know, that's how I got started. I had a friend in college who 
ended up running the Zuni Pueblo of Zuni Natural Resources program, and it really inspired me to kind of follow in his footsteps. And then he became the cultural director. So yeah. Okay. But I, I had different friends that I was, you know, exposed to at different times, and and. I was fortunate to have friends that kind of inspired me to try different things and step out of my comfort zone. So that's one thing about being an army brat. You are very able to step out your comfort zone because you do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when you first, um, you, what's your actual title at the army? I just tell director. Director. Yeah. I just say she runs it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to be program manager and I don't remember which president didn't like that title and said, you need to be director. But I said, I don't really feel like I direct people, but so I am a director though. When did you, um, when did you get that position? Um, I started in 94. I was grant writer. I, my titles changed. I just kind of Oh, HR okay. wasn't so strict back then, so I just kind of like adjusted my title as things changed. Okay. <laughs> Made up my own title. <laughs> I see. So as um you took as you um came in in '94, you were kind of in that position since '94. You yeah, there was no like moving up. You just you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so that's, that's crazy. You just came. You just came in and you just hit the ground running. Yeah, well, sort of. I had I it was the late Fred Heckman who had written the grant. I got hired under a US EPA grant and I, I came to work the first day and I had a pile of violations on my desk. <laughs> I thought, oh, okay, I need to learn about the water system and I learned about the trash system and sewer and all those kind of things. You know definitely that wasn't my background as a forester or a fine arts major, but I learned and, you know, I did what I had to do to, I guess it was a challenge. I, I, I like a challenge. So here you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, with, with, um, the campaign, it'll come, our, our votes will be in, in about three weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any other like plans or ventures in that three weeks you're going to try? Are you going to try to like set up anywhere? Are you going to try to put out maybe flyers or make like a uh, Facebook, um, I don't know, an announcement or anything, or it's, it's kind of like you're just depending on your, your interviews. No, I, so we're going to have, um, on this coming Saturday, the 14th, we're going to up, um, a little bit below my house at the Apache summit. We're going to have like a meet and greet thing and we're going to have a little cookout and, we decided to have a bouncy balloon so we can be kid friendly because I know people, you know, don't want to have to take their kids somewhere else. So, you know, it'll be an open event. Everybody's invited. Um, I've had several suggestions of different letters and so forth. I think I will go ahead and do that. Um, I think I'll go a little bit house to house, too, mm -hmm. especially like in old ladies town and and flats and you know I'm, we'll see how far I get around the res and <laughs> at least just meet face to face with some people and, and especially for our elders I want to be respectful that way oh that's great yeah. you said Saturday uh, the 14th. 14th yes okay yes. yeah and, and where was that going to be again? up at the Apache summit uh, 54 fantasy lane is the actual address and if you put it in your phone it does pop up so. okay awesome. yeah okay great um, well that, that sounds exciting uh, we have few weeks to listen to some of these things we have to say your opponent he's a very strong candidate yes, yes. um got a large following mm -hmm. he's um experienced mm -hmm. and it's gonna be a tough battle yeah, um yeah. and i'm interested to see how it turns out 
Um, I, I wish nothing but the best for you. Um, and I'm very glad that you reached out and got us to wake back up. <laughs> yeah, it feels good to be back on this podcast doing another show. It's definitely great to have you. And I uh, hope we can get more uh, shows. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy how we this became a political thing. You know? <laughs> well, I went on the website and I saw all the different tribal council member people that had, were running at the time. And I thought, OK, yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's what it's become. But the, the goal of this show was to uh, just shed light on tribal members. Yeah. And everything they're doing something good. And we want to uh, talk about it. So um that's an invitation to any tribal members listening if you got something good you want to talk about what whatever it may be art or um whatever you're doing good for the tribe we, we want to this is the place for you and we want to hear you we want to hear your story so yeah i want to get that out there after i'm um, hearing you know some of you know talking about some of the issues everyone always brings up the big topics and kind of getting to know you and your personality i kind of feel like our listeners will have um a better chance at knowing you now um, just hearing your voice is, is definitely different. Um, I don't think a lot of people have really spoken to you. Uh, maybe if they haven't, you know, this is a great opportunity for them. Um, just and it, it kind of brings like a little sense of comfort of who we're who we're dealing with, you know. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, so I, I think um, thank you for coming on and at least just like talking to us because, you know, and I haven't spoken to you much throughout my life and I think we're related. Yeah. 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 And uh, I just felt like, you know, if I was in your office, I was in trouble. So let's, let's not go in there and stay, stay out. And um, if I had any issues, I try to just keep it at the low level. But, you know, um, you, so even even me personally, I'm, I'm more um, I more know your kids. Um, and I've spoken to your kids more than I've spoken to you just because they're my peers, you know. Um, but hearing you and talk, having this conversation with you just really like brought a, like a huge sense of comfort to me. And I'm sure it'll do the same for everyone else that's listening. Well, and it's good to hear the part of you I didn't get to know during that time. <laughs> yeah, just because of that boss veneer, but that's that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else, Chris? Um, I think that's most of it. Well, we're, we're going on an over a little bit over an hour. Is there anything else you would like to say um, to tribal members before? Just like to shout out to my own staff, to DRMP staff members, and thank you. All right. Thank you for all me. the things you've done over these years. Thank you. <laughs> okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so we have three weeks to voting, right? And then one, you can do a meet and greet once again, October 14th, 14th Saturday. Yes. Can you give the address one more time? 54 Fantasy Lane. It's up uh, just past Apache Summit, uh, that first driveway to the right as you're going back downhill towards Riodoso. Mm. You just follow that road, kind of, you know, curvy road, but all the way to the back of the canyon up on top of the hill. And we'll nice. have it there. I'll have, you know, we'll, you'll know when you get there. <laughs> and then what day is voting? November 7th. November 7th. Yes. you have a booth there? I'm, yes, I'll, I will. I'll, yes. Okay. Awesome. Yes, so. we'll enter the great chili cook-off, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know if Gabe has been on this uh, show like twice, right? Twice. Twice, twice. yeah. Mm. And I don't know if he's going to want to come back on or what, but if Riding on the Wall podcast were to host the first uh, presidential, tribal presidential debate, would you be willing to come back on yeah. within these next three weeks? Yeah. I think that would be great for the community. Yeah, We, we were talking about um, running this for some time, but um, we just kind of like haven't been motivated enough to try it. And I think uh, with you and Gabe, it's perfect. Yeah. You know, okay. I don't see anybody throwing blows. And <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> it well. seems like it'll be pretty, uh, pretty relaxed and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, we've always been kind of like pushed by the public. You guys should do a debate. You should do a debate. And 
there i feel like this is like the best you know two candidates to try that with yeah um, okay i don't i and i don't know you know what to expect from it but i'm sure it'll be great as long as you guys are willing yeah, yeah. i'm willing awesome awesome Just, so listeners out there if you have questions for us that um you want to ask the at the debate go ahead and message our facebook right yeah, that's just that would be send, cool. Send yeah, the questions okay. To the Facebook, yeah. and we'll get them all um, drawn up on a list, and then we'll kind of just go down the list and you know give everyone a chance to answer. And yeah, it just sounds like a lot of fun. I'm I'm starting to really lean in more into this. You know, I think we've had like the right group of people come and ask us to be on the podcast, and um, no one's really come on like with like a vendetta. You know, and yeah, it's yeah. always um, seems you know pretty relaxed, and um, I like the turn of uh, you know the view we have we're, we're putting on these politics now it doesn't always have to be so negative you know yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I think um i think you guys for being willing to do that debate and you know i, I think we can kind of you know change the way we view politics now okay yeah we can awesome. be civilized yeah 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 cool okay. all right um i think we can wrap anything, it up anything now. else no that's it thank you guys very much this was great so uh the way we end this show is we do 10 fun questions of the res yes and uh no right or wrong answer (laughs) just uh answer it uh the best way you can and uh so we'll get started you ready okay well uh, it's been so long (laughs) hunting or fishing yeah okay first question hunting or fishing hunting um we do ela or old road ela well old road special though (laughs) okay I've kind been, of back and forth. I've <laughs> been at ELA a lot lately. <laughs> Wendell's or Broken Arrow? <sighs> Wendell's. Tribal store or uh, Casino Apache Travel Center? It's a convenience store. Tribal store. Tribal store. Nice. Um, my favorite thing about Mescalero is? All the mountains and trees, yeah, and Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite booth at the feast is. Oh, the toy booth. That's the one I get dragged to constantly. <laughs> um, Club Forty Nine or actual Feast Forty Nine? Actual Feast Forty Nine. Awesome. We throw in like a bowl of chili. Oh uh, yeah, somewhere. it's a stuffed fry bread or fry bread with a bowl of chili. Stuffed fry bread, especially stuffed fry bread. with dry meat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's uh, two more. I know the last one, but um, there's one more that we're missing. Before that, might have to just jump to the last one because I don't remember it. My name is Thora. Oh, I'm most thankful for. (laughs) My family. Family. My name is Thora and I love. That's a rough one. I like doing all kinds of things. Yeah. I like traveling. Traveling. Awesome. Yeah. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's Thora Padilla. And uh, people just want to be heard and she's willing to listen. Thanks for coming on the show, Thora. Thank we'll you. We'll talk to y'all next time here on Writing on the Wall Podcast. Thank you. Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. Give a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community.